6 a.m. run family and 6 a.m. run listeners. This is Hami, your 6 a.m. run founder and CEO. Just kind of here starting podcast number two, episode number two with my one of my best friends who I miss very dearly since he left my hometown of Delaware, Edwin Santiago. What's going on, everyone? I'm in the MIA. <laughs> how you doing, Edwin? I'm doing well, man. I can't complain. I was going to ask you how your legs are feeling. So yeah, we're going to do one episode. We're going to talk exclusively about that. I did my best and you're asking me. So the craziest part, let me give some background about Edwin and me. I love basketball. Everyone that kind of knows me and follows me on Instagram knows I love the game of basketball. My daughter, uh, my oldest one is actually being better. She's probably better than I am. <laughs> yeah, I think um, she is. Yeah. So Edwin and I, we became friends through basketball, through mutual friends, through him working at a gym, through physical fitness, and then just really became friends. I want you to tell your story, but basically yeah, yeah. Edwin moved down to Miami. We haven't seen each other in a while. The craziest situations was he just happened to be in New York randomly the day of the New York City Marathon. So to have one of my best friends there and supporting me was totally awesome. But yeah, no, Edwin, can you kind of share your story and intro of you and you're going to be very integral in this podcast every week so please tell everyone about yourself yeah so basically i'm a movement and performance coach now how that happened was probably back in 2000 and i specialize in offering and designing rehab and performance programs for athletes so basically the clients that i work with currently are people who are either former athletes current athletes professional athletes and basically, they are still struggling with issues they probably had in the past, whether it was like an ankle injury, knee injury. Now I work with some runners, uh, basketball players, clearly. But basically, my goal is with my business and what I do for a living is I try to basically help people perform without limitations. And that took a long time for me to acquire like all the knowledge I have and I'm still learning, right? I'm still a sponge. I'm actually going to be taking a workshop this Saturday with a couple guys down here in Miami so I can learn a little bit more about performance. I'm a, I'm a student of what I'm learning. So basically what happened was in Delaware, I got done playing professional basketball in Puerto Rico probably back in 2012, I think. So after that, I didn't get drafted in, into a league, the league that I wanted to get into. So I decided to stop playing basketball and I wanted to figure out like what the hell I was going to do with my life. And my first job I ever had, I worked at a daycare, actually oh, the wow. same daycare that I went to, which was kind of crazy, helping some high school kids with their schoolwork and stuff like that. And then at that point, I remember reading a book at University of Delaware, a professor gave us that was called The Element. And he basically said, the things that come easy to you, you overlook. And I was thinking like, damn, like what, what comes easy to me that I'm overlooking and how can I make that into a career? So I had a lot of downtime when I was working at the daycare and I was like, you know what? I'm really good with people. And I was like, I like fitness. You know, I was a professional athlete. So I was like, why not be a trainer? So I started studying to get my personal training certification. Once that happened. I ended up getting a job at The Hack. It's an athletic club in Delaware, in Hocassin. I was working there for a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I should go back to school to be a physical therapist assistant. Because I was more intrigued. Clearly, I loved 
personal training and performance training, but I, I was more intrigued by why things happen with the human body. So that that's where I was like more intrigued with physical therapy, but I didn't want to go back to like to be a physical therapist just because I was debt free and <laughs> I was like not trying to like pay all that money. So what I did was I worked at ATI physical therapy for I want to say like almost three years, a little over three years while still training clients. And I didn't get into the PTA program. And I think part of it was because I was training more people at the time. So I was like, whatever, like if I don't get in. But my whole thing, even with training was, I didn't want to just like have someone do an exercise just to do it. I was always, always, always very intrigued on how could I make this better? Like, why does someone have knee pain when they squat or they run? Or why can someone squat a lot of weight but then they go run and their knee starts to hurt. It didn't make sense to me because the person apparently is so strong. But yeah, as soon as you get them to run, all of a sudden their knee hurt. So after that, I knew I wanted to leave Delaware. So I was either going to move to California or Miami. So I talked to a couple of mentors. I even talked to, you know, Hami and a couple of my buddies that, you know, I knew that they would kind of give me like good advice. And I got a job down here in Miami working at a gym down here. And I learned so much at that gym, met a lot of really great trainers, uh, very smart people. And then I got in touch with a lady named Beth down here who is like extremely smart. She's almost like a hybrid. So I consider myself somewhat like a hybrid also, where I'm not a physical therapist. There's things that physical therapists and chiropractors and doctors know that I don't know. But also there's things that I know that doctors, chiropractors, and physical therapists don't know. Let's definitely kind of get a little bit to some of the meat and potatoes of, I think, one of the things about you, I know sometimes we can't really divulge certain names, certain things, but I think the gym you worked at, more so than even the gym here in Delaware, really educated you because I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like once you got to that gym down in Miami, you were with really true fitness professionals. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. When I was a trainer in Delaware, I'm like, look, I need to be in a market where like people value this like so much. Right. right. And I'm like, well, California or Miami, like you choose. Right. So yeah, once I got down here, I mean, you see fitness everywhere. I mean, you go outside, there's people constantly running, riding bikes, well, rollerblading. It's like, it's such an active city. This is Delaware. Delaware is a family town and there's no secret about that. You want to raise your kids here, for example, so the definition of the dad bod is here in Delaware, right? right? Now I'm <laughs> right. getting that, right? I have two kids, live in Delaware, raise a family, nice, quiet. That's Delaware. You went down to where someone comes to you and they, for professional reasons, for actors, athletes, they're coming to you to truly sculpt them. Would you agree? Yeah. So the people down here, they take their fitness like very, very seriously, it doesn't even matter if they are elite athletes, CEOs, the regular Joe Schmo. It it doesn't matter. And they're willing to pay you, you know, a good amount of money to provide them a service. And, you know, I was really grateful for the place I worked at and um, met a lot of people, met a lot of clients, very smart people. And throughout that time, I always was very different in a way where I'm the type of person that like, you know, I just won't take a course or do something like that unless it's something that I absolutely want to do. So for mm -hmm. example, like if four or five other 
fitness professional trainers want to take a course and it doesn't align with what Edwin wants to learn, I won't take it. So right. that happened to me a lot. So it kind of like made me a little different than most personal trainers and performance coaches. And it basically allowed me to understand I've always wanted to learn the body like more than just like a regular personal trainer. And a lot of the stuff that I focus on now is breathing. So there's a course I took, uh, it's called Posture Restitution Institute, PRI. And I got, I found that out through a friend of mine named Beth, who's like extremely smart. Like she's so smart. And she's like, you need to take this breathing course. And I'm like, okay, like how does breathing and rib cage and all this stuff affect like your hip, your knee, your foot, like all this stuff. And I use a lot of breathing techniques when I'm working with my clients. And it's amazing to see how much breathing influences how your body actually walks. Well, you, one of the quotes, I don't want to take it from you if you were going to say it, but I mean, you even said all the time and, and you share this. I mean, first of all, if you don't breathe, the last thing that happens before you pass away, I know it's a sad thing to say, but if you're not breathing, you're not living, you're, you can't be alive. More yeah. so than a heartbeat, more so than anything. If you don't have a breath, like you can't live. So basically like what I always preach and stuff, I said, breathing is walking. So mm -hmm. people who don't breathe well move very, very stiff, like mm -hmm. a block. But people who know how to breathe very well and know how to control their breathing move very fluid. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, like if you're a sprinter, right, your body is going to be a little more like tight because you're running a short distance. You need to be explosive and super, super fast. But needless to say, I use a lot, a lot of breath work when I'm working with not even clients that have injuries, but just people in general, because once I can get them to breathe well and get their tissues to expand in their back, that opens up their hips. Like I've so, worked with. So let's bring that to runners real quick. So for runners, again, I don't want to talk too much on this episode about it, but the marathon, for example, one of the things I did and I heard, and I, I wish I talked to you before this just to get your opinion, because I don't know what you're about to say, but. For me, it was just very important to, through my mouth, get in as much oxygen as possible. So I've heard that when running long distances, when outside in fresh air, a lot of the misconceptions, and, and I want you to kind of articulate this though, mm -hmm. but is it bad that like for me, like through my mouth, just to suck that all in? Because at that moment, running 26 miles I wanted as much oxygen in my lungs as possible. Are there times when breathing through the mouth is okay? Yeah, I think there's a point where once your heart rate exceeds your threshold that you'll want to have to breathe through the mouth. But what I would say is, okay, if you're running a marathon, right? Unless you're running for like time, which I think everyone is, but I mean like elite runners. Right. Like, I mean, people who are like competing, if you're running a certain pace, so typically what I do when I run is I don't breathe through my mouth. I just nasal breathe the entire time. Okay. And the reasoning is if you can inhale and you nasal breathe, so it's a couple of things. If you inhale through your nose and you exhale out the mouth, if you pause at the end of your exhale, what happens is you increase the CO2 in your body, which then okay. will produce more oxygen to your working muscles, which then you won't exert as much energy and your muscles can work a little bit more efficiently without... Got it. Pretty much like people who breathe out the mouth, what they're running all the time are exerting way too much energy. So they're going to fatigue faster. They're going to be more clumpy runners. But if you're nasal breathing, and there's a bunch of books I can 
recommend for people to read. But basically, if you get really good at training, being a nasal breather, you're going to be way more relaxed when you run. You're not going to be very, very stiff and you're going to reserve more energy. So like Mm -hmm. the people who run the best breathe the best. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it does. And and that's what you hear. And in everything, right? I mean, in basketball, so many trainers in bat, you know, you and I can relate to that a little bit more too, but so many people say so many different things. You know, I think it took me to do this first marathon to really learn some things that I know will work for me. Well, again, I, I keep saying this, I don't mean to sound repetitive, but we'll, we'll get into that on, on one of the episodes that I'm, I'm really kind of dictate to describing the marathon. Let's talk about strength with breathing. You, I feel, know more about this because I know how many books you've read. How important is like chest strength, your strength overall, strength training one of the things you asked me how my legs felt, they did feel like glue, but I don't do squats. I don't do things I know I should have done. So yeah, for three days, I was basically like working from laying down and I was done. What is your thought on strength training? Does a bench press help breathing, for example? I, I, and I that sounds crazy and stupid, but I'm hoping that some of our runners feel like me and just don't know the answer to that. It's a good question. I think everyone should be strength training mm-hmm. to some degree. I don't care what it is for, because if you strength train, you're going to develop more muscle, which then will be more efficient when you run, because you're going to be a stronger runner. Right. Unless you're just someone who runs all the time and your muscles have adapted to the stress, right? Mm-hmm. But I think strength training is super important for runners. I'm not sure if bench pressing is going to help you breathe, but what I would say is some of the things that I'm doing now is when I strength train, so I'll go through like a circuit or whatnot. And what I'll do, it depends on like what your threshold is in, in regard to like your heart rate. But basically one thing you can do is as you're strength training, you want to just nasal breathe the entire time you're strength training. Just so for example, like, yeah, keep your mouth closed. And what happens is you're going to educate your physiology to withstand numerous like a ton of tension but you're still in a relaxed state so like when you're running there's a point where there's a lot of tension Mm -hmm. but if you can be relaxed while you're running again you're going to be a a faster runner or more elite runner when someone gets tired because as soon as you get tired you open up your mouth so what i do is i'll strength train breathe through my nose and i'll just manage my heart rate i have a a garmin so like i'm always looking at my watch Mm -hmm. for me i'm always trying to stay between like So for aerobic training, I stay between like 110 and like 170 or 120, 170. If my heart rate's at 145, 150, I keep it around that range the entire time. So I can train for 30, you know, 35 minutes, right? While my heart rate's at 155, 160. And we're, when this podcast goes live on Apple and all the major networks, we're going to put Edwin's information. That's all based on weight and your ability like i want people to be able to contact you with these questions yeah yeah yeah. there's a i mean there's a ton of like information that i have from you know top people like cal deese is another guy i look at a lot of his work it's a bunch of guys that i look at and i i test that stuff out first but like i said before strength training i think is super important um it's just going to make you a stronger runner you're going to be able to produce force Mm -hmm. faster once your foot hits the ground right and yeah, you'll just be a stronger runner. So one of the things that you and I never dove into, and I, I remember that one time we talked about it, I said, save this, we got to do this on a podcast, and here we are. So I, I want to start with a joke. One of the guys that was giving me advice, 
one of our clients, um, a gentleman by the name of Josh, was saying, hey, before you get out there, it's going to suck because when the first wave hits, you're going to have to kind of cut through the walkers and the joggers. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm one of the joggers. Calm down. <laughs> but people want to run, right? Like they do want to push themselves. Our clients do want to push themselves. Can you kind of talk to that difference of, look, jogging, I think is jogging and keeping a pace is kind of jogging. But how can we take a jog and really push ourselves so we can take it? Let's be honest. A lot of us do jog. I think when we don't push ourselves to the point where we're passing out or dying, that's a little bit of a jog. But how can we take that jog every day? I just read uh, somewhere a gentleman was 52 years old and did a personal best marathon in New York City. So how it's old was possible. He? he was 52. 52. Okay. And he says through strength training, through training, through nutrition, like Edwin, you're kind of the perfect person. How the hell in every sport, Tom Brady in football, Michael Jordan in basketball, Kobe, mm -hmm. in every sport you get worse with age. How the hell are certain runners getting better with age? <laughs> There's a lot that you can say about this stuff. Okay, so here's some of the things that when you say someone runs their best or whatever, right? There's a lot of different things that are factored into that. Like, it's just not like nutrition, right? Like you got to eat better. Okay. A couple of things I think about that are overlooked and people don't do enough. They don't sleep enough. Okay. And they don't relax enough. The rest, Meaning, rest and recovery. Like sleeping and then just relaxation, like mm -hmm. going out to do something for yourself, like going to the sauna, like just doing something where no work stuff, right? right? Nutrition is another one, right? Like nutrition and then strength training is enough, but also too, like someone who breaks a PR, like they put in the time to run. You literally, like, if you're going to be a good runner, you have to go run. Right. I think people get so mad at themselves if they can't run. Our runners, what I'm learning, and it's funny, we were talking about it in that first podcast with Ari. What I love that 6am run does is we take a gentleman or, or woman who's 35, never ran before. And they say, Hey, because of your product, I just started running. But I think what happens is a lot of people, they get upset if they can't run a mile, two miles, three miles. If I say to you, Edwin, I can run top speed for five minutes and then I just kind of die. That's okay. It's just about going tomorrow and going for six minutes, top speed, going for seven minutes, top speed. Is that what you're recommending? So one thing you can do is progress too fast. You got to okay. progress slow. So like if someone's running... And I, I think about this with training, rehab, and performance. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to have very micro progressions when you're like adding more volume. Or if you can have different durations of running, right? You can have sprinting, you can have long right. distance, you can have tempo runs, you can have all that stuff. So I would say like progress very slowly with your run. If you're going to run five minutes week one, next week increase to five minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. And then increase another 30 seconds, right? At the same speed, right? Or whatever your goal may be. But the other thing I was just thinking about right now is I always go back to this, like people who probably want to run faster or who don't run as fast and they're working really hard is because they're not probably moving well. Okay. So moving well, AKA breathing well and getting like your pelvis and your rib cage and your foot all to coordinate very well together is what's going to give you long lasting change to your running. And it's going to decrease any type of uh, pain or injury that you may occur. Because once your body is not coordinating well, when you run, 
your nervous system is pretty smart. It's going to adapt. It's going to run. You're going to feel whatever. But in time, if your hips are rotated to the right, for example, and I assess you and I go, hey, you have 75% of your weight on your right foot standing still with your eyes closed. Someone goes, holy shit. Yeah, I feel my whole body going to the right, right. side of my leg. So hold on. And I have right knee pain when I run. You know what I do? I teach them how to get more weight onto their left leg. Because then you deload the right leg. And then when they go for a run, all of a sudden, and I hear this all the time with clients that I deal with running, they go, holy shit, I ran way more fluid and my time got faster. Right. I didn't do anything different. The reason why their time got faster is because they were more efficient movers, which makes more efficient running, which means they're using the right muscles to fire, to push them because running should be like locomotive. Once you go on one leg, you're going on to the left one and to the right one. You yeah. shouldn't feel clumpy. It should be just like a momentum thing. And you should feel kind of just like water. You're just flowing. But people who struggle to move well, they feel like, damn, man, I'm running and I feel heavy. I've worked with people who have been heavier people Mm -hmm. and got their hips and stuff to move better. And when they go for a run, they say, I feel lighter. I feel like I lost 10 pounds. So I think yeah. breathing and movement and sleep are important for running more efficiently. Running's never perfect because everything you do on one side of your leg and your body, the opposite side has to do the opposite. So yeah, it's funny. There's a lot of stuff, man. It's no, like, but to your point, and I think what you're saying, and even soccer, I can relate it to soccer players in soccer. I mean, you would probably agree. I, I think people don't know, just like you're like right-handed, right? Like you're obviously stronger with one hand just because you do more with one hand. Would you agree? Does that come down to being kind of like right-footed almost? Have you seen that with people? Are people sometimes stronger with certain legs? They're so like, I'll just tell you this. Most people their bodies are oriented to the right. Meaning okay. if everyone who's listened to this, when you get a chance, take your shoes off, take your socks off, and I want you to stay barefoot. What you're going to do is you're literally going to close your eyes and you're going to see where most of your weight is going. The majority of people are probably will feel more of their weight on their right leg. We're all like that because our physiology is like that. Our heart's on the left side. We have intestines that's everywhere. And most of us are twisted to the right side of our body. That's crazy. So, so like if you're standing still and you shift your weight onto the right leg, you'll feel like your right hip kind of like sink back. And if you shift to the left side, you'll probably feel a little more stuck. Right. So a lot of times I find runners who may have like left lower back or right lower back because their pelvis is rotated to the right and they don't know how to get onto their left leg. So pretty much when they're running and they push off their right leg and they land on the left, they're not on that left leg that long because they can't get their body onto their left leg. So they're on yeah. there for a very sh short amount of time. And then they're on their right leg a little bit longer as they're pushing off. Yeah. I mean, I wish I can show you guys this stuff, but that's part of the assessment stuff I do with clients yeah. who are having. That's also some like balance work too. Like you see guys, athletes like LeBron James, he says that there's that bubble thing he stands on, right? where he goes, jumps from one to the other. It's not the ball. It's like a little air bubble. Like it looks like a Nike mm -hmm. air bubble. He jumps mm -hmm. from like one to another. That's part of that balance, right? So each so side of his body. That, no, it's not. I, no. And this okay. is why, because that's just proprioceptive feedback, right? That's just giving his body a different surface to adapt to. Any of us can do that, right? Our body will start to figure out how to balance, but it's not so much that. It's the actual... Okay, for example, 
LeBron James is not a great mover. He doesn't shift sides. No, I was going to say, he, to me, he's very stiff. One okay. of the reasons I like Jordan, I feel like he's Jordan flowed more. Exactly. Yeah. So Kobe flows better. Exactly. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Look at all these guys. Giannis is not a great mover. Yeah. They're not saying no, they're yeah. like a good athlete. They can score. Sorry, I know we're going to basketball. But I just, my point is that right. they don't know how to move their hips and their pelvis to create that fluid movement. So all I'm saying is that runners, they need to be able to disassociate. They need to have coordination with their pelvis and their hips in addition to the rib cage, in addition to their foot. So like once they can get that stuff moving and create the mobility they need through their pelvis and their rib cage, once they start to go for a run, I would even say this is for people who want to just run better, run faster, get their PR mile or whatever, or people who feel like very heavy when they're running, like they feel like everything's pounding. The drills that I even do till this day, even for basketball, like I play ball, I'm 33. I play ball and the guys that I play with, they think I'm 24. Mm -hmm it's because I can move my body very fluent, which then allows me to be very fast. We talked before you left for Miami, you say, let's not bring up basketball, let's bring up, and someone we even gave our products to and everyone knows. Before you left, you would remember, I'm a boxing fan, everyone knows this. My friends, Edwin, and all my friends would always come over our house and watch boxing. Do you remember when you guys would come over and we would watch Floyd versus Canelo? Do you remember how we looked at Canelo? We kind of knew Floyd would win because remember how flat-footed you said Canelo was? Yeah, yeah. Like he couldn't move because he just was on both feet. Whereas you said like Floyd is just moving. Yeah, he's fluid. I mean, and granted, like think about all really good strikers. Their bodies are kind of like rounded. If you look at like Conor McGregor. Yeah. He has like his back is really wide, right? His, his obliques are down, his rib cage is down, and he's a really good stand-up striker. There's a reason yeah. for that. But I mean, Floyd is another level no. because he just doesn't get hit. That's his goal. He, he just doesn't get hit. But I think that runners, part of what I love, and if you can attest to this, the thing I got into running, and I don't know where you are when I was around your age, and Edwin being 33 only, but when I was around 35, and Edwin kind of met me more like my tail end of, why I, I stopped basketball and I couldn't do what I used to be able to do. I think your brother is more there. Your, your brother and I are such good friends. But like, mm -hmm. it's just crazy that, like I said, and, and you're kind of talking about this, that like your body can't do what it used to. You can't jump as high. Layla doesn't believe that like, you know, one of my biggest claim to fame that I got excited about was making a layup and tapping the glass. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't do that now. I just, my legs, I can't jump that high. But, um, what is cardio? That's where I was getting at. Cardiovascular activity. Basketball is cardiovascular. Hockey is cardiovascular. Boxing, basketball, hockey, soccer. You look at Cristiano Ronaldo. These guys are just very slim, very shredded. You know what I mean? And one of the reasons I picked up running myself, I didn't want to be, and by the way, I'm a big fan of The Rock, but I didn't want to be big and bulky, right? I wanted to be slim, slender, more sleek, that you would agree. Anyone that wants that type of body type, man or woman, that you have to have cardio in your routine. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's a combination of everything, though. Like, I mean, the rock has to be super. I mean, it's all preference, too, man. Like, I think 
training your heart cardiovascular yes like that's important right but also like you need muscle as you get older too mm-hmm. right like it literally like circle pinion basically the more muscle you have when you're older the longer you live like there's research behind that right and it can go into like blood sugar and your muscles absorb more blood sugar so your blood sugar is lower it's not as high like all this stuff but however i think when you get older and you're very, very like muscular, but you don't move well, in my opinion, learning all the stuff that I learned now. And like, I think that's worse because sometimes you're not able to bend a certain way or you can't run or like you're too stiff to do stuff. Like this is how I look at strength training, breathing first, movement quality second. So how well does your body move? And because you move well, you get stronger when you start using load like weights and dumbbells because if you can't get into positions you need to get to or move into like a lunge or whatever i'm trying to put a client through i can't give you a weight get the movement quality first it's like telling a runner like let me get your pelvis to move back and forth first right then once i know you can achieve that and you feel your inner thigh your hamstring your glute your obliques everything moving together then when I give you a dumbbell, we're going to reprogram that now with load. So now you get stronger through your movement. So when you go for a run, you're like, damn, I feel so good running, right? I think that's where my head is going at now being 33. And I'm just going to keep doing that. Like, I want to make sure I move very well because I want to be able to run with my kids. I want to be able to play basketball. I mean, I'm 33. I still can windmill. Mm-hmm. I, still I, you, I, I know you can. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Right. And I still, and guys, it's crazy, but I move so well. So there's a purpose for everything. And one of the things everyone knows about me, and as we're like coming around that last lap here and and talking with you, Edwin, I don't mean to say this in a mean or negative way. My wife and I, if we're out, you see a bodybuilder, right? It's like outside of that bodybuilder being able to lift heavy weights, like what's that for? What's the purpose of that? Right? They're not fast. They can't even reach their own back, right? Like mm-hmm. I just sometimes wonder, and I, again, I, everything has its place. And that bodybuilder, by the way, trust me. And I, th- I know Edwin, you know this because down in Miami, you have all types down there. I'm sure they're disciplined. I'm sure their diet is insane. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not saying that that didn't take hard work, but for the way I look at that is like, okay, you are huge. You have muscles the size of a basketball, but mm-hmm. what's that for? It's like, what are you using that for every day? Like, are you a construction? Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so so for me, it's like, again, people, everyone's in different stages of their life. What's funny. I don't know if you saw this. My wife looks at pictures of me when I was at university of Delaware. And that was like the thing back then, like Mark McGuire back then, back in the, the, the creatine days, like, you know, get big, get big, get big. But you get to a point. It's like, for what, why be this big? And you know, it's like, are you fighting someone? Are you like, you know what I mean? Why be, are you a wrestler? Why be that big? I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, I think some people, they've been doing that for so long that um, they just like the way they look. It could be also too that they've taken out stress. I mean, it's maybe sure. it's their playground. Maybe it's, they're sponsored by a supplement company, right? Put it like this. All my older clients that I've been working with, like, I mean, 55, like people like that, they don't care about being big. No. So this is the funny part. It's like, anytime I can talk to someone who's older, like if I can talk to them older and they give me some words of wisdom, Mm -hmm. if they're telling me when you get older, like my age, 30 years later, you don't want to be bulky. I'm telling you because 
I can't really move. Like one of my clients now, working with him now, he's going skiing. He had a shoulder problem six years ago. I worked with him, reconnected with him again. I got him moving so much better with his hips that he loves it. He loves it. And he's like, I love what we're doing. He's like, I don't want to get big. But he's like, everything you're doing with my hips, like, I feel so good. And his wife is like, man, I think he's going to ski the best he ever has. Because I'm like, he, we're improving his movement quality and breathing. And in alchemy, he's going to get stronger. So like, I still lift weights, right? But I want to make sure I don't lose my movement quality. It's funny you mentioned that. I'll say this, and I think a lot of people are in my boat. I think that's where I need improvement myself before. And I just every day I, I was running outside getting ready for this marathon. Edwin, I want you to explain what your thoughts are on this. I, at me, 42 years old. So there was about a three-foot puddle, right, in my way on the sidewalk, right? In my mind, I'm 25, Right. So I see this three foot puddle and I'm like, all right. And I have the, my marathon sneakers, you know, me and sneakers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not stepping in this puddle, bro. I go to jump over this puddle. Now I make it, it's only three foot. But as soon as I land, just hopping over this puddle, I'm like, holy shit. That just took a lot out of me. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? (laughs) A three foot puddle. I think that you talk about him skiing better. Layla and I, my daughter, last summer, we bought skateboards, right? And I'm like, even though I haven't skateboarded since I was 18, I get on it and I'm like, all right, Layla, you got to lean this way, lean that way. But I was like, for a second, and luckily I did get, but I was like, it's weird. Like your body. Okay. I'm going to tell you, there's an emotion behind that. Okay. Okay. So there's a course I took anyway, but basically as you get older, there's some thoughts. So this is how it looks. What you think is how you feel. What you think about is how you feel. How you feel is how you behave. Right. So if you think, man, I'm kind of nervous to do this, or I don't, I'm just thinking it, there's an emotion, fear, injury. So then what you do, you don't move or you get injured. Right. Right. So that happens as you get older, because we don't know how to play. We don't don't become as, you talk about fluidity. You're not as fluid. Fluidity. So there's an emotion tied to pain or any issue that you may be having, right? You yeah. may have, I've had clients with low back pain and they told me a bunch of trauma stuff and they're still holding on to stuff. I'll get them to breathe, right? Cause they put them in a uh, parasympathetic state, which then gets them to relax. And then right. their lower back doesn't get tight anymore. Right. Cause they, they can't think about certain things while you're focused on your breath. So right. it like disregards everything else. But my point is that you get older, you forget how to jump and leap and like do all these little things. Right, because you don't do it every day. Right, right, right. But once you do it and you retrain your brain to be safe, like with my client, he's like jumping now. He like, you should see him. He's like so ready and he's like, I feel really good. So then I know his confidence. He's not scared to get hurt, but there's an emotional side to really great. Well, they also say too, I I forget where it was. If you get into an accident, the worst thing you can do is stiffen up. Yeah. I would agree. If God forbid you're in an accident or something crash, like you're falling, you want to kind of be a little more, like you talk again, I hate reusing words, but you want to be a little more fluid, go a little bit with the flow so that Mm. your body's not stiff. And then that's where like, so I'll give you an example. As I got older, like if I whip my neck or something, like it hurts the older I get, like if I sleep with like a certain way with London or something like with the baby, or if I'm like my arms under my wife's head and I fall asleep, like you become stiffer, right? Look, you get older. Those are things that happen, Mm -hmm. but just getting stiffer, having a bad neck, 
one of the things I do, I definitely, I still know I need to weight train, but you and I talk about this all the time. If I'm going to do like anything bench wise, I'm going to do more barbells. I don't do like mm-hmm. bench press and I do more mm-hmm. bands and elastic stuff because mm-hmm. bench press, I, I need the same workout, but bench press, my neck will hurt, not my chest more than anything. The next day, my neck will hurt from the straining of like benching. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I figured out is to put, you know, more the dumbbell. Anyway, so I feel like as you get older, that's the other parts that tighten up faster. And Mm -hmm. if you can speak on that a little bit, like you talk about back pain starting and things like that. Now, is that more also to like a recovery? Should you get your knots, your muscles? You working in physical therapy, let's make this kind of one of the last topics we talk about and that being recovery, massage therapy, you know, the ice baths. I know you're big on that. Mm -hmm used to talk to me a lot about ice and warm baths mm-hmm. and then massage therapy. And let's kind of wrap around and, and close this out on, on your recovery yeah. techniques. I think, okay, so recovery, there's just a couple categories. Uh, very simple. I go back to this. I'll keep emphasizing, and emphasizing, and emphasizing this because I've read tons of book on it and I, I'm an example of it. Sleep, 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 sleep. Eight hours, a little more than eight hours there's a bunch of different strategies you can do with sleep. Like uh, one thing I do is I don't eat three hours before bed. Okay. Like my last meal is six. I go to sleep around nine. Why is that? Because it takes about three hours for your food to digest. So you don't want to eat food, go to sleep and your stomach's trying to digest food. So let me ask you this, the itis, right? That was, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. So this is really good news. I want to learn this. I'm learning something new. So I'm with Layla's practices and stuff. Sometimes we don't get home. You you went to the same school Layla's at. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't get home till seven, eight o'clock. Dinner's 8.30. Obviously go to bed at 10. That's not that three hours. But I was always like, man, a good dinner makes me tired and knocks me out. But you're saying because my stomach is working to digest that food, even though I'm asleep, mm-hmm. the food makes you tired, I'm not getting quality sleep. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. For example, it's like if you drink alcohol and you get drunk and you go to sleep, you knock out, but it's still in your system. Yeah. Right. So that's one thing. I can talk about sleep too. But anyway, that's one little strategy about sleep. The other thing I would say is like doing breath work, man. Another thing is also to like the relaxation part I talked about before is like doing something where it doesn't involve any work or stuff. I think a lot of times we're so stressed with you know, our society now and like social media is big, right? Some people have businesses and you're always trying to get things done and reach certain goals. And that alone will create more tension in your body naturally, even if you're not moving. Like if you're sitting down- I think what you'll find as you kind of now enter with us in this running community, that's the beauty of this, this hour. and, And I've said it before for my hour runs every day, you can't really talk on the phone. I couldn't yeah. in a marathon outside of stopping to talk to you guys. I can't talk while I run. I think that right there, what you just said, not to interrupt you, but just to no, it's, say, okay. it's cool that with running, that's the hour. I think a lot of people, it's their escape, right? Yeah, you have to, you got to have an escape. Mine's is basketball or mine's mm-hmm. just walking a dog. Mine's is like whatever, like I can kind of do whatever I want, which is nice. But I would say that I think another thing is you can use like some Theraguns or anything. Massages are fine. I would even say things like, so for example, I just really cook some recovery techniques people can use. If you go for a really hard run, mm-hmm. what I like to do is do either like infrared sauna. Okay. What is that? Like, 
an infrared sauna. It's you can the one with the like, light, right? Okay. Yeah, some people don't have a gym where it has it, but on Amazon, I, we got to pop this in there at some point. But we'll do it. But I have a, a one at home that I brought on, on Amazon. It's a foldable one, and I was really? sitting in it. Yeah, I brought that during quarantine. I'm like. I'm trying to hit the sauna. Like I want to, you know, and that has a lot of benefits. We can talk about that another time, but you can afford a $200 infrared sauna and just chill there. Because what happens is recovery is all about getting more blood and lymphatic. We can talk about lymphatic stuff too. There's a bunch of topics, but basically what you can do is like on your download day or your recovery day, you can go for a 20 minute walk, infrared sauna. You can do some light yoga, But the thing is, you want to make sure your heart rate, I learned this from Caldez, around like 130. I think it's a little bit different, around 130, because that's where your heart is the most efficient at pumping blood. Oh, wow. Okay. And I've been doing that for basketball. Like, I'll go play really hard four on four, three on three, four, five, six games, and I'm 33. The next day, I feel sore. I go downstairs. I go an elliptical. So another thing is you can use the elliptical, right? Like, where you're not pounding your legs, but you're still getting the blood flow and your muscles... And like, I promise you, when I started doing that, I recovered so much faster the next day to play. Like I felt pretty good to play. So like it's managing your heart rate and you can do that for like 20, 25, 30 minutes, okay. even 20 minutes of just elliptical managing your heart rate at one you you're going to get a nice sweat. Your legs are not going to be that sore because you're not running, but then your next run, because you're keeping your heart rate nice and strong, you'll start to feel like, damn, that helped me run this one even harder. Right. without feeling the stuff from the couple of days before. So that's a little bit of stuff of recovery, but like there's nutrition stuff and magnesium and all this stuff. But in a nutshell, sleep well, go for a walk and do something where you're just relaxed and you're not thinking about anything and breathing a lot of breath work. And you, you and I, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. And like I said, people will start knowing you more. We'll obviously Edwin's information will be more available on this stations podcast and and we'll we'll give edwin i think edwin is going to be someone i i wanted to bring on the weekly podcast when he has the time hopefully every week edwin you can kind of join in as we even get other guests so you can kind of use this to ask the right questions but then the very last thing too you talked about the diet and the sleep aspect of it we don't have to get into this now but i also want you one of the big things i know you're big on is nutrition and you're one of the people in you've always maintained a certain physique. And what's crazy to me, your physique, now obviously you're a very active person, but you eat a lot, but you eat the right things. Yeah, so I don't know, my body's kind of crazy, but I think, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people are like, when you hit 30 or 33, 35, you start putting on weight. And I'm just like, I don't know, man, because the things I think about is like, one, how stressed you are, Mm -hmm. right? I ain't that stressed. Yeah, I have stress, but like, the biggest thing is I know how to relax. Yeah. But nutritional-wise, yeah, I, eat, I actually don't eat as much. Well, as, as I think to you, what I like about you and to say a little bit about you, you're like this, I'm learning to be like this. I think as I get older, what I'm learning on terms of stress, so we all like to control everything, right? Like mm-hmm. we like to control everything. Everyone does, regardless mm-hmm. what kind of personality type you are. You like to be in control. What I've learned is if something's not in my control, it's just, it's not, I can't stress about that. Yeah. One thing about me is that when I'm working through stuff and I'm trying to build my business and like working on some other projects, I have an idea of where I want to be. I just don't Mm -hmm. know how I'm going to get there. Right. 
And that's the, no. I kind of leave it up to like the curiosity, like right, 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 if I right. do the right thing, if I give people great results, I meet the right people, they value what I do, like this. I had no idea I would be on like talking about things that I'm learning, right? But right. I don't know how, right? But that's what keeps me relaxed because I don't, there's no pressure. It's going to work right. out. Everything's yeah. going to work out how it's supposed to. Just don't try to force and control it. Just do what you got to do today. And then, you know. Yeah. Listen, I mean, you still have to, you're big on vision boards and things like that. I think you still have to kind of know what you want, right? And yeah. still work toward getting it. I think that's the other misconception. Don't just say, oh, things will work themselves out, but Mm-mm. still work toward it. But yeah, no, totally. Well, look, Edwin, I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad to introduce you to kind of our, our community as well as uh, Digitance yeah, yeah, community yeah. as we got signed. And Edwin, like I said, we've scheduled the time so Edwin can really be on every week. And Edwin, one of the things I want to do on this podcast and why I want Edwin here every week is having experts on stuff. And I've always learned sometimes you have to have, you know, a lot of people that know more than you. And Edwin, I think you kind of articulated that very well today and in your education in this. I mean, this is stuff you've been teaching yourself, you know, for 10 years. And by the way, stuff we might say now, five years from now, we might, because knowing you, you're going to read a book and you're going to be on some different. But I want to learn too, man. I'm a sponge, dude. Like anything I can learn. And like, I know you and I were talking like, Maybe one day I can design like uh, a program for the runners, right? Something that, you know, if they're struggling with knee pain or they want to run faster and something like that, where your runners can have access to like elite high level programs and exercises and drills that they can do. That's going to transfer over to their runs. So I've said this 500 times this episode and I'm, I'm sorry for doing that, but I, I want to talk about my marathon and what I need your help with Edwin. And I think what a lot of people, you know, again, our audience is 30 plus. That's our audience, right? People that are winding down and need help. That's why they love our nutritional products. Again, this is a podcast. Uh, As you saw, we don't talk about 6AM run products here. But what I will say is, and and this is where Edwin's going to be a great help. Look, a 30-year-old grown-up, that's what I'm going to say, man (laughs) or woman, whomever, a 30-year-old grown-up doesn't have, look, Edwin went to University of Delaware like I did. When you're a college student, you got four hours a day to go to the gym for two of them. Mm -hmm. At 30 years old and two kids, I don't have time to live at the gym. And a lot of our listeners are in that. So what Edwin's going to be great at, and, and, and I want to leave some more for next time, but this is guys where Edwin will be great at. It's about taking those small pockets of time you can find, right? 10, 20 minutes, minutes here, 30 minutes there, mm-hmm. and getting more productive results in the shorter amount of time. And that's where I know a lot of our runners that are in life. So again, to kind of give you guys a little preview next episode. That's the episode, Edwin. I want Edwin to be part of it. I tried to make mental notes of mile for mile what was going on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we'll talk about that a little bit. Edwin will also hopefully talk about what my body was going through. The very little training I did, but still finished. (laughs) So that was... the body can do a lot, man. It's like survival, survival. It, yeah. We talked a little bit about it. It's crazy that I didn't stop running at all outside of like when you guys gave me my yeah, nutrition yeah. in those pockets, but, um, those were the only times I stopped and that was to get nutrition. I've always heard this and I felt it the next day, but my mind so many times fought myself saying to itself, stop and just stop. Just walk. Oh, other people are walking. It's okay. Walk. Right. Yeah. But it's all mental, man. Like I was like, no, yeah. no, don't walk. 
Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, no, we'll get into that. That's next episode. Edwin Santiago, when this episode is airing, all his contact and social media uh, handles and stuff will be in the description. My good friend, and now hopefully all of your guys' good friend in this group, um, in this this community of 6AM run people. So get used to Edwin. He'll be on here as, as we introduce our staff and our team. Thank you so much for your time, Edwin. You, and we'll Ami, talk to thank, everyone next time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you, guys. See you, guys. Bye-bye.